Hey, what's going on, guys? We're back with another episode of the Pokey Talk podcast. We're going to jump in today with quite a few little stories, but what's going on, Philip? Well, quite a bit, actually. We got some, a lot of happenings going on in the Pokemon world, that's for sure. Yeah, nothing like insanely major on all the news today, but it's just going to kind of be a you know, free balling episode where we kind of hit on a bunch of things and had a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah, what you been up to since the, uh, the last episode, I've kind of been, I've kind of been pretty rough. I've been a little sick. We're potty training the kiddo and I'm getting used to night shift all in the same week. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of stuff going on for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm making it also just kind of, Lack of motivation in the Pokemon world. Um, yeah, I can I can touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, what you been up to? Well, holy shit is the main thing I've been up to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so within a span of just a couple of days, I guess it ended up being about a week or so. I actually sold the PSA 10 Elsa Disney Lurkana, and I sold the PSA 9. Mickey I had uh so I actually thought when I sold the Elsa I was the market high I guess I forgot when I looked through the the sold listing there was one that was like 7050 I should have sent out an offer for 7051 but it did, didn't really matter because just last week there was another Elsa that sold for 7500 I sold mine for 7k uh so I was pretty proud of being able to get basically the all-time market higher you know this year I could quote but then that one sold um, and there's one up on auction. I'm kind of curious what that one goes. I don't, I feel like there's a lot of speculation going on right now with the Disney Lorcana. Um, but that can be addressed a little bit later, but, um, I sold it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I'd sell both in January. Um, I am proud to say once I get the money for the Mickey, I'm going to be out of debt. Minus student loans, but yeah, quote unquote minus student loans, but you know, uh, but yeah, still, you know, I, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, or what's the, what's the Mickey? Oh, oh, oh. you know, oh, like, oh. Oh, 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 get out there and make me some goddamn money, just like on South Park, you know. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much what I, I think of what I just did with the D23. But you know what? I'm happy. It sucks that I didn't quite get the prices I imagined it, but I got great prices for everything overall. Um, there's nothing wrong with how I sold it. It's just a question of what will the highs be. I was doing, obviously, I'm just in cost analysis of like some of the interest rates I was paying. So it's like, even if Elsa would hit like 10K in June, it would have been no different than me essentially getting the 7k now so that's kind of where i was going going at with like you know the opportunity cost the the interest i'm paying blah 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 so it's like it would just suck if there would be like a nine thousand dollars sale like next month or in march that would suck but the moment that card hits ten thousand you're gonna see a wave of of cards hitting the market at that point um yeah the like the stuff has been creeping up and I want to go into this a little bit with the promos and stuff too, with yeah. you know my uh, my purchase. But uh, yeah, do you? This is kind of a related question. Do you think it's harder to be the guy who sells and then sees you know the potential go up, 
and watch the car that you had go up? Or do you think it's harder to hold on and the sales that you could have had, you know, linger on you? Like, which one do you think is harder there? So because of the uncertainty of the Disney Lurkana market, a lot of people want to apply it to Pokemon. And I understand the sentiment to do so. Um, I can't deny that I do in a certain scenarios as well. But ultimately, this is a brand new PCG. There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of question marks. Do I believe Lorcana can succeed long term? Yes. But there are also legit doubts that I have long term. And there's issues that I see parallels of this market to 2020 Pokemon. See, I just did it. <laughs> uh, that that make me concerned with holding and i think it's very naive to think that there's going to be infinite infinite growth you know i i think that there's obviously a lot of things working in disney kind of favor especially the d100 cards especially the elsa and mickey but there is the risk is so high due to a lot of factors that i think selling at market high price can't exactly be dismissed. Um, now, I don't think, like, if you try to apply, okay, well, what would a hype scenario or a FOMO market, whatever, <clears throat> would look like for Elsa with the Lorcana? You know, you try, like, is it going to be $100,000, like, with the Charizard? And no, it won't. And there's a variety of factors why it won't be. But now, that doesn't mean could it hit 20000 Maybe, you know. That's kind of what I was hoping would happen that never did. I mean, but that was like, you know, very low chance for it to hit it, but it's a possibility. Um, but ultimately, that price wouldn't have stuck. It would have, just like the Charizard, it would have came back down. Yeah, I think I think in a long-term, super long-term, like Pokemon-like way, if they hang around, that's very possible. I think the problem is... Like, I think Disney's at the point where they are how Pokemon was in, I don't know, I want to say 2016, but maybe 2018. Because, you know, Pokemon had this really long desert of a dry spell. And I just don't think anything like that's ever going to happen now because people have seen what's happened and people are accounting for that. So it's kind of like the... You know, it's kind of like the stock market. Every time a company announces a huge thing, like the stock usually tanks. And a lot of amateurs would think, you know, it should be the opposite. But the stock market is already factoring in possible solutions like that. So when something's announced, they they think even farther ahead. Like, oh, okay, the next year there's not, there's not going to be anything big. So I'm out. Um that's kind of what's happening in this situation to some extent. Instead of having that long desert low of Lorcana where people might not be interested, A, you have a lot more people interested in general and card games, but you're having all those people think ahead like 10 years like we did, and all that, like that pricing is already factored in. So I think the prices now are kind of where they should be, but I don't think they're going to go much lower. I don't think they're going to go much higher until we reach that next era of the game, kind of like we did with Pokemon 
2018 leading up to 2020. Um, well, I, I don't know. See, I think it's a, I would take a little bit different of a vantage point. In my opinion, I feel like you see, it could be new arrivals in the hobby, which obviously Vision of Con is brand new. I get that. It could be people just kind of getting into it, doing their research, finding out which is the best car to quote unquote invest. There's a lot of that going on in social media groups I've noticed about invest quote unquote. Now, a lot of them are just like a Pokemon reverting to modern sealed and especially first chapter sealed and most notably trying to get a case that has the this the don't sell until september 1st or whatever date indicating that it was first print um now there's a lot of issues that we have with that sentiment and there's a lot of speculation involved with that with that risk now are these people that are going to trying to stay away from some of that sealed product, maybe even do a little bit of that as well. We don't know, but are they going to the D 23 cards? Is that what they're doing now? Finally, you know, you and I have been talking for a while now. I said sometime in February, we could see a big surge of the D 23 cards because by set three, things will be more consistent with the, uh, trying to find product, trying to find, or, you know, the amount of print that they have so that, you know, the amount of cards that will hit the market will be more affordable. Uh, and people finally realizing, oh, the money to be made potentially for investing is going to be in the D23 cards because of the limited quantity. So what I don't know essentially is how much of this is speculation and how much of this is people. It is speculation as well, but they want to buy it because they think that's the best course of action for Disney Lorcano. And then there's some people I feel like FOMOing already with these prices with the D23 cards. If you look at some of some of the sale prices for D23 cards, especially PSA 10, there's a lot of indication that people are FOMOing and just saying screw it and buying it right now in fear of it going up higher in the future. Yeah, I think you know, I think if you believe in the game and you wanna for sure make the money. In the future, you know, booster boxes are always the key, I think, in Pokemon. Like, even people hoarding stuff today, most people are right. Like, all that stuff's going to go up because at some point, people are going to want to open it. And Mm -hmm. they pretty much never make those things again. Um, But if I was not chasing Pokemon Grails or anything else in the collecting hobby, I think... I think eventually, like, I would buy additional copies of what I have, but being as a lot of those cards are very expensive, I would probably look at putting money elsewhere, and one of those places right now would be the first chapter booster boxes or cases. They're pretty cheap right now. Um, they were down around 200 bucks, but I think things in general are kind of creeping up, even singles, because, you know... Ravensburger said there was a reprint coming in January. They kind of pushed that up, so we got that earlier. But now people are wondering, well, now the reprint isn't... We're not going to get another reprint. Even though they said we're going to print it until the demand is not there. I think we're... It's coming again. Yeah, we're at least going to get one more big one. Yeah, I I agree. I think we're going to get it after set three or so is my guess. It's... At least one more. I could even see it happening another one before Christmas, potentially. 
Well, and we got that first one on the back of the second chapter, or the Rise of the Floodborne. So, yeah, once set three comes, we might might see some action. Um, But, yeah, I think if you're a collector and you want these long-term and you want to have the big cards down the road, like, yeah, would you rather buy a first edition booster box or would you rather buy the first edition Charizard and... Being a collector myself, I always go for the cards. I don't like sealed. Um, Because, you know, one thing we talked about at one of our CollectCon experiences a couple years ago, the the sealed market is very sketchy in Pokemon. Nobody wants to touch it because everyone is A, feels like 90% of the people at these shows have only been in the shows since 2020. So a lot of people don't have the experience even someone, you know, like me, for example, a longtime collector, like I don't really have experience in the sealed because I've always just stayed away from it. I've always had this in the back of my head, like I'm not going to take that gamble. There's people like Rusty, TCA Gaming, look how long he's been doing it. He's he's had a fake box. Um, PokeRev opened one on his channel. So it's, you know, it, it's going to be a thing. And that on top of... Uh, Rise of the Floodborne problems with, uh, you know, well, not really that problem, but how they added the little sticker on the side. They're taking measures, but, like, anybody can replicate that little circular sticker. So when you look at the first chapter, there's, like, no sticker at all. The new prints of the cards do have that sticker on them. So if you have the first print cards, I mean, it's literally just cardboard barely holding the packs together. Um so yeah, that's even more of a sketchy market. If those packs get to be like a thousand dollars a pop, and that box is tens of thousands, like you can literally just tip the box over and slide one pack out. So I don't know. I'm that that is the most obvious play, but it is kind of sketchy for that reason. And yeah, then, you know, I think I think that's why some people think about going to the cases. But here's the thing: I mean, the you can replicate those pick- too, though. Right. Well, well, the, for me, the cases are, if they're sealed, it has nothing to do with quote-unquote first print. I think the amount of people that are truly <laughs> going to care about that in 15 years are going to be actually very, very few, in my opinion. It's going to be this because there's no special stamp outside of that one label on that box, which we've seen can be duplicated already, the first edition base set. You have to wonder, the only incentive to buying something like that is you knowing that it's legit. If it's sealed, right? Nowadays, you would think, okay, let me rephrase that. The chances of it being legitimate right now is higher than the chance of it being legitimate in 20 years. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. Just because they might be more expensive, and as things get more expensive, people copy it. But, yeah, you look at those stickers. I mean, aside from the barcode, which people aren't really going to be checking the barcode anyway, that that stop attention sticker. It's not even on the tape. So, I mean, it can definitely be, be replicated. A lot of what people do, like Gary King Pokemon, he would open like one flap of his cases. I think he has a first edition booster box case where he opened one flap. Um, so I think a lot of these will be subject to that because the stickers are not on the tape. They're literally on the side. Um, so, yeah, it's just plain tape on the top of the box as well. 
so it, it could easily be slid open. But if it, were, if it were me, I'd buy it and go ahead and, like, record myself slitting it open just to check because, yeah, you just want that, that proof in the future. Well, the problem is that's still going to be circumstantial if you if you if it's fifteen years later when you decide to sell it. Um, like, oh, hey, here's a video from when I got it. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right, you know that, that you're going to have to find some quote unquote expert to verify it before any sort of big sale, something like that occurs. Anyways, beyond the issues with the sealed, and yes, there is a market and chance for it to increase. Now, one is it going to be at the rate of inflation with how many people are keeping this stuff sealed even after what probably three or four reprints overall um it will go up but again will be the rate of inflation and if it does go beyond that the rate of inflation you got all the other issues to deal with that we've already discussed so but you know what doesn't have those issues a graded d23 psa 10 or psa 9 card that doesn't have those issues that you can verify is legitimately based on entering the number into the PSA system. And that's, it's like, oh, it's easier to resell too. Whereas you have all these complications that we've already addressed with sealed and future Pokemon. Well, it's even amplified for Lurkana. So if you're trying to mitigate your risk, right? What's the best way to do that? D23 cards. Now, this goes back to my earlier point. Are people buying T23 cards because they want to, A, collect it, two, for investing purposes? And if it is for investing purposes, are they doing it out of FOMO speculation? Or are they doing it because they legit, legit feel like long-term it's going to go up? Like, are they buying it for the long-term? Are they buying it to flip potentially in a couple of years because they feel like it's going to continue going up? Yeah, that's... It's interesting. I mean, it sure seems like a for sure play. Like I myself, I would buy, like if I weren't chasing these grails and I had these gold stars to sell like I'm doing now, like I would probably buy a set again. Um, another thing holding me back is like I don't just want the Mickey or Elsa. Like I would like the whole set again. <laughs> so that's kind of holding me back in a way. It's like, well, I don't really want to buy the Elsa because then I will have to buy the other ones because that's just how I think. Yeah. Um, that's why I, uh, I just purchased another big card for myself. Um, if you're ready to jump into that. Yeah, um, let's do it. So that, that's part of the reason why I just purchased me a Luigi. So hey, Luigi, Mario, Pikachu, PSA 10 yeah. is coming my way. So what do you end up getting it for? I could probably just look at it at, uh, on 130 point. <laughs> well, it was it was right around thirty five hundred. It's um, not bad at all, actually. It was, and then with taxes and stuff, though, you know, obviously paying up on there. I had someone reach out to me on Instagram for one that I put an offer in. Um, they were wanting to, what was it? Do like it was like thirty five hundred goods and services. So could have done that deal, but it wasn't, you know, it was a trustworthy person on Instagram and eBay, it looked like, but just not a whole lot of followers, not a whole lot of sales. I would have been comfortable with it. Um, so I told him, you know, if you come down to 24 goods and services, I'll do that because it's kind of the last sale. Um, so I ended up paying slightly more plus with the tax, you know, that was like 
250 bucks on top of that, but it's a uh, very reputable eBay guy and you know, for for these cards I've always said I'm it's worth it paying a little extra if you believe in them. Sure, I could have probably saved 300 bucks or so, but it's done. I just wanted to get it. it. I want it for auction. Seems like the buy it nows are trending up towards 4000 Yeah, if you look at I'm actually looking at the 130 point. Just a month ago, it was about 10 to 15% less of what they're going for now, and that's pretty consistent across the board. Um, now, yeah. there's obviously a few factors that can indicate why that is, but the fact is it's consistent auctions by it now throughout, you know, course of 30 days. It's, it's a trend upward. Yeah. And with you selling those Lorcana cards, like I've been, you know, I've been following these Grail cards for a long time since last summer, you know, even before the crazy inflation of last summer for a lot of these ponchos and stuff. Um, so I've seen them rise. I've seen them fall. I've seen them settle. Everything is pretty much settled now from the 2023 summertime. I don't know what happened then. A lot of people speculate. There's a lot of people in the Chinese market that really scooped them up. Um, so yeah, something changed last year. Things have settled down and things have been settled for about three, four months. Things have uh, pretty much been sitting at their lows. Even cards like Watsy, Hollows, first edition base set Charizard. It's done the exact same thing. It never had that crazy summer explosion like Japanese did. But it's been trending down all last year, and it's pretty much settled. And now we're starting to see even a little slight uptick in that as well. And, again, with something like that, is this the 2020, or is this the after end of the year, I got my Christmas money um, sort of thing? Or is this the growth? Is it a trend upward? You know, like we, it's hard to just say with just 30, 60 days of sales, right? Yeah. Um, but I but, told myself, I'm like, you know, if it comes April and we start seeing these cards uptick, like again, that to me signals like, you know, the winter blues are over. Yeah. Things are moving up again. And then now I think we're, we're just seeing that a little early, not even in Pokemon, but Lorcana. And all these TCGs that kind of seem more prominent, we're starting to see that uh, that kind of uptick. And people aren't going away. Like, we had a lot of flood of people come into the hobby in 2020. We had a lot of them go out. But now we're smooth sailing. More and more people are getting into the hobby. I mean, you're starting to see more channels still even pop up. More people talk about it. I just met with, uh, you know semi-friend that we played Pokemon Go with that we both know. Um, turns out he's been collecting this whole time. So still finding people in the woodwork who are collecting and coming out of their shell. He actually is big on Pokemon YouTube. Been watching a bunch. Came across one of my videos. Reached out to me. Said, oh yeah, hey, I've been collecting since 2020. I got back into it. He had like five binders of modern sets and he collects old EX eras because that was his nostalgia for Pokemon. And I, you know, we even made a point of that in one episode a little while back. Like people are going to collect what they're nostalgic for 
and he was a perfect example. He had all these slabs around his room. A lot of them were the old school EXs and Gold Stars because that was the era when he first got into it way back in the day. So it's just good to see that left me in a positive place, like where the hobby's going and seeing all these upticks. Like I just want to get these goals done and uh, just kind of sit back and take it in for a while. Yeah, so I'm just kind of curious about the first edition Charizard. So the not the guy that had their their PSA nine for like thirty thousand dollars, they end up getting it looks like about twenty three k, but which is much higher than some of the auctions that we saw towards the end of the year. However, if we look at other first edition Charizards, they're still pretty consistent with where they've been the last ninety days. Um, so I think that's kind of like what you mentioned before. Sometimes with a card like that, the first edition uh psa 9 zard you sometimes are gonna have to just pay up like with only so many on the market you either pay up for, for what it is or you go without and a lot of times when you got sellers because of its limited you know inherent scarcity there's a lot of power i should say power there's a lot of sway in the favor of the seller is how i'll, I'll phrase it yeah, if you want it and you don't want to spend the time and wait potentially three to six months to find the right well, one you want, then you you might have to pay up. And if you can afford $18,000 for a card with whatever sales tax on eBay for a $15,000 auction sale, say if that's what you would have gotten it from, then what's another seven, 8000 right? If you have the income to pay for that much, I don't think it's going to break your bank. If you if it's if it's a little bit more expensive, yeah. Because yeah, the PSA six are still going for they're going on eBay like with sales tax applied they're going for like maybe six k. Yeah, it's definitely fluctuating some. I would like to buy some of the the Japanese Charizard reprints, like from the anniversary set. I still kind of have my eye on a uh, Celebrations Metal Zard in a 10, but that card is so hard to grade. Like, the, the difference in a 9 and 10 is just really uh, crazy there, so I might settle with a 9. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of lower cards that I would like to scoop up eventually, but closing in on those grails, I think I'm... Gonna go for the screen cards next, but I have a lot of gold stars I need to sell. Might be sending some to ZNG Emporium, and uh, yeah, then we'll kind of reevaluate where I'm at here in about a month or two. But that's kind of where I've been though with uh, the whole general market. I've been kind of unmotivated, I say, to make some videos. I've been having some videos planned. I've recorded some. I just need to slap them, literally slap an intro on them and upload them. But I don't know. I think I think doing the Gold Star sales and me looking at these uh, grails have really scratched my itch for the hobby. And yeah, just adjusting to the night shift and you know, I've always said I'm not on YouTube to, to make it big. I just make it for fun. So if I'm not having fun doing the work, like I, I don't want to upload just because. So I've been having a lot of fun chasing the grails down. Um, so maybe I need to uh, 
try to do some videos kind of recapping that and hunting things down. Maybe that'll get me back into it, but. Well, you know, a lack of sleep can really change your entire mood, too. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah, pretty much been in cruise control. I'm doing some stuff behind the scenes, kind of low-key, but I've kind of always been like a low-key collector. Like, don't really need to put it all out there. I'll make my Instagram posts, but that that's kind of about it. But, uh, yeah, what else we got to talk about on the, uh, we got some other news and uh, topics we can touch on. Well, we have, uh, I guess to kind of do a little bit of a pivot, they, they showed the cards for the next couple sets for the, or the pair sets that they're going to release in Japan. And, you know, we kind of shifted towards black, white era on a few things. Um, there are a few cool things that there are start to implement. I don't know if it's a trend of things to come, but there is this nice, unique hollow pattern they're, they're doing. That's kind of unique. Yeah, that I saw I that. Is it, is it on the reverses or just the trainers or? So this one's like an, an item. It's a cyber. I don't forget what it's called. Prime catcher. Gotcha. It's like on. It's like on the tools. It's like unique hollow on the tools. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at the article now. It looks like there's going to be a ace spec card type, which is kind of like tools slash items. So you can see they kind of have like a little pink theme and it says Ace Spec on the side. Yeah. So all of those are going to have like a little special hollow. That's pretty cool. In person, they look pretty stunning. Yeah, they look pretty stunning in person. Um, Like they look very different. It's kind of like they're taking some elements from other TCGs and making it their own with their own product. It's pretty neat. And if they do this for like a card type, like Ace Spec cards, does that mean they're going to start experimenting with different holotypes for different cards within the same set. Like that would be yeah. kind of cool. Like if they had like a spec cards and a spec hollows and the normal hollows and special spectra hollows. And I could honestly see them doing that. You know, we always talked about Pokemon. What if they implement numbered cards? What if they instead implement, different types of hollow kind of like sports does with the uh refractor refractors and the, like the reds and the golds and the yeah. yeah so i could see him doing that where it's not necessarily numbered like hey this is one of 100 you know they might do like a special hollow that at best case scenario has like a thousand but you you would never see those numbers like they would never release like how many there are. It would just be like another chase. So I think that would be a good idea instead of the number. But who knows? All speculation. Yeah. It'll they could do a lot of things with that. It'd be a way to kind of give people that itch of like a rarity. And I think, you know, they were testing that with the Master Balls and the Japanese one fifty one. You know, obviously the reverse hollow Pokeballs were cool, but then every box, one of the reverse hollows were Master Balls instead of the normal Pokeballs. So that they kind of uh, introduced that already. So that's kind of a uh, another layer right there. So it'll be interesting what they could uh, expand that on. Yeah, that'd be a very interesting idea, like having being able to collect a whole series of one card. 
Yeah, for sure. That's why a lot of people went crazy for the uh, 151 because that was a really cool With the Master Ball. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool collecting mechanic. And yeah, some of those Master Ball cards, like even Pikachu's, are going for like hundred dollars. Like they were going for a lot. But now, man, I'm just kind of looking at the Raging Bolt EX. Yeah, that art's that art's pretty pretty good. It incorporates a lot of left handscape, so I'm a pretty big fan of that. And we still see the trend of them having like this simple background, but it's nice for them to leave that a little bit with something like that. Like, what's a car that kind of fits that description of like this simple background? It was a chateau I saw that that uh, fit it. Slowpoke from uh, Team Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Look up that I card see. if you if you don't remember that one. Or no, it's not Team Rocket. What what set is it? Is it base set? It's like the the like most simplest background of all time. Fossil. Oh, Slowpoke slow poke from Fossil. <laughs> oh, I think I I know which one you're talking about here. It's literally like a green box, blue box, and a couple clouds. He's like standing out in the field. Oh, yeah, that one. See, that's kind of like the style, though, but kind of the minimalist design I'm talking about is like the, the Drampa. Yeah. Like, first off, I actually really like that card, like the never ending story feel. Mm -hmm. I really, I, that card I actually really, really like. If I see that, like, at a con, I'm, I'm buying it. Um, and they're kind of starting to drift away from it a little bit, incorporate a little bit more detail, but that was kind of a style that was hit or miss. And I felt like it was, had a lot of misses lately. Now, one of my favorites is the deerling and the saws buck. Yeah, those, those are cards cool are gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Incorporating all the seasons, like the dearling running, and then he becomes like, and there, it's like a, it's a, it's a two-parter. The the card is, it's like a, a continuation. He's like running towards the saws buck. I think mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, there's some uh, really good art, and uh, yeah, I, I just don't want to start because I know it's gonna be a rabbit hole, but I just really want to collect some of these art rares. I mean, they're going to be dirt cheap if you wait to go to a con. It's not all of them, but like, I got like a Shinji Kanda Magikarp for like forty-five bucks. I thought that that was a great deal. I think those were going for like a hundred plus at one point. Yeah, and even looking at the uh, upcoming Wild Force and Cyber Judge. Yeah. I mean, there is some cool stuff. The, like, there's there's a, a trainer card that are actually very unique so far that I'm impressed with too. Yeah. The Airy. Where's that one? Yeah, I see that. Both of them, really. But this one in particular, she's got like war paint on her face, Toxic Croak Lucario. I mean, that one's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that uh, a. She's a pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty cool uh, character in the in the games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's to me. That's probably my favorite from the entire. Oh yeah, there's the Chito from Cyber Judge, I think. That has the style I was referring to. Yep. 
yeah, it's a, it's cool. And yeah, I'm going to have to pick these up. Um, I think I'm literally just going to start a binder of art rares that I think are cool and, uh, just go for it. Cause there's just so many now and it's, they can be so cheap. The art is just the ghastly one's cool. Yeah. The art's just too cool not to. Yeah. And, but just, again, it's fun because you can get it for cheap. Yeah. If you wait a little bit, right? Like, if you wait for a little bit, a lot of these cars you can get for decently cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I need to look up a, uh, just a set. I'm sure someone's made a list of all the art rares and special art rares and alt arts that I need to, uh, need to look at. Because, yeah, they're just getting to the point now where, I mean, even if I go for them all, it's still relatively cheap compared to what I'm collecting right now. Well, I think it's fun because it it's a low ba- uh, cost of entry to collect those cards, and it, you can have a good time doing it. Like you can, because you don't have to limit yourself to specific sets. You're going by specific eras, so you can basically make it if you want. Like, oh, let me have a ghost theme sort of page, and then the next page you can have, oh, let me have a sunny. You know, like any way you will want to organize it, you can organize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Bulbapedia has a list of illustration rare cards. So I'm sure they have a list of like art rares, special art rares, and you know, all the other stuff. So I have to uh have to look into that. But uh yeah, yeah another uh special art that's getting a lot of talk lately is the old Van Gogh Pikachu. Oh, the old Van Gogh. Still in the news. He will still lose another damn mind over this card. Unreal. Yeah, so I had some interesting developments on the old Van Gogh. Yeah, there's a few ones. Um, Which one do you want to go with? (laughs) Well, there... Let's see. There's been confirmation that another wave of these cards are going out Mm -hmm. to stores... Um, over in the, uh, the area like Amsterdam, I'm not sure if there's like, you know, just Netherlands in general. I think that's it. No, nowhere like outside of there, but seems like they have another batch again. They're giving them to stores and why they got them like two weeks early. I don't know, but they basically were given these cards and said, okay, at this date, Starting at this time, if people buy $30 worth of Pokemon product, you know, hand them a card. Lo and behold, surprise, surprise, these store owners and workers are selling them on the side, you know, before they're supposed to. And, you know, against Pokemon's guidance, they're, they're selling them on the side for probably $100, $200 a piece. Um, so, yeah, little Jimmy who hears this news and is going to buy his $30 of Pokemon packs on the day they're supposed to, isn't going to get a promo in some of these stores because the store owners already backdoored them for 100 to $200 a pop. It's pretty much handing these stores a free, you know, $1,000 a product. So I can't blame the stores, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of crappy. But, you know, a lot of stores have been struggling. And you're handing them a box of these promos that are worth as much as they are, you know, 
all these stores just barely struggling to survive, they got to do what they got to do. It does not surprise me at all. Pretty shitty, but I I don't know. They the rollout of this was uh just just not good. This whole card is just like stigmatized and like a manifestation of bad choices from mm-hmm. from the get-go day 1 to like the second rollout like from the online release it is it is just such a cool product so it's hard to get right but i mean come on how do they just not expect this to happen and what are they going to do like okay you're cut off from pokemon product forever but well and they say even this article there's like some there's some chain stores that are expected to follow this too and what's most interesting is that if all these stores did get 100 copies they're estimating between 10 to 50,000 copies are going to be surged into the market within the next few months from just this alone from just this reprint alone it doesn't include them doing it again trying to do it something else over uh pokemon center i mean it's this is kind of like, in some ways, kind of like the Altar Umbreon. Obviously, it doesn't have like the art of it, but some of the hype surrounding it's very comparable. This card raw is eventually going to be like 40, 50 bucks, okay? And Pokemon is doing their due diligence to make sure that happens. And anybody buying now with these cards, unless you want the card that bad. It's not as much of a buyer's remorse as, say, like a $1,000 card that will go down to $100, right? It'll be like, eh. But you still have to just wonder what is the hype that a lot of these folks have around having to get these cards, especially buying $500 for PSA 10, $600 for PSA 10, when we all know there's more coming. Well, I mean, it's just one of those situations, though, like... People were thinking the same thing this whole time, but it's just one of those weird anomalies that despite all the availability and everyone saying that it's a hype, I mean, here we are. It's just one of those anomaly cards where it's just popular. It's like, you know, Scarlet Violet promo number one with all the starters, how how very confirmed printed that was. Um you know, still worth a little bit because it's just such a cool card. So, I don't know. I I I think it should be what you're saying, but I don't know if it'll get there just because it's just one of those weird anomalies. Maybe. I don't know. I just think that. I mean, with that, that card you mentioned, still fifty bucks even in PSA ten. If that auctions, I bet it's going for even less. If you even send it forty bucks. I mean, that's about what I think the 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 Van Gogh promo should be around one one fifty in the ten. It should be around the special delivery Pikachu price. Or I mean, in compared to the nine, excuse me. I thought the ten was no. The PSA nine is the one fifty. Um, I mean, it should be in a nine under a hundred bucks, in my opinion. A ten around two fifty, three hundred maybe, if that. It's just, it, you know, I don't know when the market's going to cool down for it. It's definitely not anytime soon, apparently. Yeah. Yep, it's a, it's a weird one for sure. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. 
I'm I'm not in that card. It is a cool one. I'm pretty much not in it solely because it's not Japanese. Like I look at that card, I'm like, yeah, like Japanese exclusive promo is written all over. But you know, it's not. It's an English exclusive promo. So it's like, am I gonna have this English card mixed in with all my Japanese cards? I don't know yet. It is it is a good card, but I will eventually get it. I'm just in no rush to get it anytime soon. Um, clearly, there's a lot more that are about to flood the market. I am in no rush to obtain this card because it's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like to get a 10 one day. That's the only thing that's going to be probably worth anything is either it's sealed or in a, in a 10. Um, I would want a 10 just to add to the collection just so I have it. And yeah, I mean, it could, it will have ebb and flows. And at this point, it's cool to have the card because of the story behind it. It's kind of taken the hobby by storm for the last six, six months now and it's gonna probably do it for a few months more so yep and that's what i was thinking too it's just such like an iconic card like i don't collect alt arts but if you know moon gets down to like 200 300 bucks you know i might pick one up just because it's it's one of those surefire cards it's not going to do anything crazy for a long time because there's so many of them and it shouldn't have went that high but it's just one of those key cards to the hobby that's just nice to have for the history and it is a good looking card um so yeah it just would be nice to have for that reason so i could see myself picking one up as well um but we'll see but yeah just just like the Mumbrian, it's one of those uh it's one of those situations where that card shouldn't have been as expensive as it was either, but you know it was a it was another anomaly. But here we are; it's finally coming down because there's there's a new shiny card um, that everyone wants, and it, it might be this Van Gogh Pikachu. But something else will come along, and it will finally settle down to where it should be. It's always going to be worth something because of the significance now. But yeah, it's gonna be a lot like the Boombrion. It's it's gonna and it's not gonna be the first card we see like that where no. it, it inflates to way beyond what it should be, but everyone wants it and it's the it's the brand new and shiny thing that everyone wants. And then it'll settle back down very slowly because that that hype will continue. So it's interesting, uh, those anomaly cars are very interesting. And we see like many versions of that, you know, every time a new set comes out with the, the Giratina alt art or the Lugia alt art, everyone's trying to find, you know, is this the next big thing? And so we kind of see many hype situations every time a new set's released. And then every once in a while we'll, we'll have one of these come out where it's like, okay, everyone agrees that one is a winner <laughs> so everyone goes crazy yeah i mean i was seeing some folks i don't know how some trample each other <laughs> well i mean i like so there's some folks especially in fp groups i don't know how they were able to get the amount of that they do the only thing that makes sense is they're utilizing bots and they use the bots to get from the Pokemon Center, all these Van Goghs, while I, did, while I didn't get one. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense, because I saw one person had, like, 
50 of them, I think, or something like that. And well, obviously, you know... I was going to say, yeah. that's that's another part of the story, right? There's a, another news article yep. about Van well, Gogh. Well, these are, these are Americans, I'm pretty sure, is the thing. But still, yeah, they could have they could have bought some of these though. They could have been there. They could have had enough money to be there. This could be the same people. Like that's very well true. That wouldn't be surprised me if 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 it would be if all these folks were there, leading us to this current issue and predicament that of news that just unfold. Yeah. So we got we got more news from the uh, Van Gogh Pikachu that came out. I guess, when was it? It was just last week or early this week. Um, There was a Dutch newspaper where they learned at least, and this is just at least, four employees of the Van Gogh Museum were fired last month due to embezzling during Pokemon's celebration at the museum. They did not want to say how many employees were involved, but they... uh, their reporting led to at least four that were just straight up terminated, including security guards, cashiers, and even a member of the cloakroom staff. Which is the big one. Yeah. The security guard and the cloakroom staff is the big one because of the type of stuff coming through that exhibit. Yeah. You think Pokemon is worth a lot? Well, how about an original Van Gogh? How much you think some of those are worth? Yeah. So the museum, you know, they see this thievery and shadiness going on and yeah what if they did something like that to one of their paintings mm-hmm. um so it says one employee had worked there for 25 years yeah i imagine that's the uh, cloakroom staff to get in that high position yeah. but uh yeah they were basically let go because i guess there was proof of them embezzling these or selling them off to the side there was um there was another interview with a scalper that Poke Beach did and they were they stated that there were at least two employees who stole boxes of the Pikachu cards um, there was a small box that these came in there is a picture on the Poke Beach article but they basically came in like little it looks like slightly longer than a cigarette box and 25 of them came in so it's like the the sleeved promos and the the code card mm-hmm. for the card came in twenty five per box, but he was quoted. Yeah, he was quoted that you know he took one box, but another employee took like a case. So, so how, how much things in a case? Yeah, how many of those are in a case? And if you look at so that, a that's a pretty small box. So, you so could, yeah, you could easily ship something like that with like 10 20, or 20. Yeah, yeah. 20 plus boxes in it. So upwards of five hundred, maybe. That's a lot, and they were going for two, three hundred dollars. No, well, before that, they were going for for four hundred, right? So yeah. it was around four hundred raw. Whenever that market, whenever this happened, so just think about how much money you're talking about. Yep, it's that's uh, not, it's kind of wild. That's a lot. Okay, that is a lot. Five hundred. What is that? Is that? That's not. Is that two hundred thousand? 500 times 400? Should be 20,000. Mrs. Zero, is it 20,000? Uh, no. What would you say? 500? 200. 500 times 400? Yeah, I guess it would be 200,000. 200. So imagine that. 
that is a shit ton of money, okay? And then there's somebody there, there's and they interview in this something about like minimum wage employees folding. First off, hold up. Minimum wage in the Netherlands is like twenty three dollars an hour. Some of these might be paid that, but some of these others are getting paid a lot more, okay? Like that cloakroom staff, they aren't getting paid minimum wage, okay? That security guard, if they've been there for they're they're probably not making minimum wage either, okay? Um, and we also got to apply the cost of living in the city as well. Um, so that person who was saying that is kind of an excuse, in my opinion, with with like, you know, the fold. And I, I think the museum sees that as the same way. That's a BPS excuse. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of crazy. And there there's some inner workings to this interview saying like, yeah, he was one of the scalpers. They were offering money to employees for information. Some of the workers were saying you can pick up the paintings at this hour. Mm-hmm. And the paintings were pulled out of the back and placed on the shelves for them. And the paintings so, were going for a couple hundred too. I think they were like 200, like 100 to 200. Yeah. Pop. So people were paying the employees to like, okay, you're here. Okay, let me go get them. Here they are. So, yeah, every... Every time there's a new article about this card comes out, it's it's just wild. And with all this stuff, I mean, that's why I believe in the promos that I'm going for right now. Pokemon's not going to do releases like this. Ever. Ever again. again. I mean, we were surprised they did this, and lo and behold, mm-hmm. it blew our expectations out of the water to how shitty it was going to go. It's even shittier than most people thought. Um, people knew it was going to be bad, and uh, it just gets worse every every news article. So I don't know. We saw them at Worlds just pull the entire last day stock of Bear Walker boards because people were going too crazy for them. Someone was arrested, and then now this. It's just. Uh, I don't know. Though, a lot though. of foreigners. A lot of foreigners. That's that's what is interested to me. So I wonder if maybe these guys I see on the on the Facebook groups weren't didn't get it through bots, but were actually there in person. These folks have. If you're if you ever like some of the big Pokemon groups, you kind of I feel like all the people are. I should say all, but a lot of folks are in these groups, right? That are very active into Pokemon. How much they actually communicate or whatever in there is debatable. But you see a lot of these folks. There's about a dozen sellers in there, and you can kind of you kind of see who they are. Now, I'm not saying anything about like reselling grading stuff, flipping it. We did that with Lorcana. I get that. Um, I can't even say how they did it in um, Amsterdam is even necessarily wrong, because ultimately it's up to the person to maintain that integrity, right? The person that works there. Yeah. I can't even say that's necessarily a wrong thing. Now, if you act like a fool in there, like if you're one of those people that were like acting complete ridiculous, that's a whole other story. But if you have the money and you go up there with the intention and you give somebody an offer and they, they, they give into it, I mean, you know the consequences. As an employee, you, you know the consequences of what might happen. You know the chance of getting caught or high, but you did it anyways. Okay? I'm all about, you know, pro-labor, pro-union, all of that. But at a certain point, a personal level of accountability, especially in a museum like this, right? We're talking Van Gogh, one of the most premier artists that has ever lived. One of the most desired collected artists in the world, 
okay? It's a, I would see it as a privilege to work there, first off. And yeah. I'm sure I, – I don't know what they pay, but again, we know the Netherlands pay a true living wage, okay? And I would guess unless you're a cashier with no experience, you're getting paid more than that minimum wage. And if you've been there for 25 years, you're getting paid decently, I would think, especially if you're in a cloakroom. So a lot of people gave in to the hype and money. They saw an ability to try to potentially cash out for retirement is what they did. They got greedy, okay? And there's consequences for that when you know what was on the line. It's hard for me to feel sorry for the people when you know they're on the line. Now, the one that gave them information, I would be kind of peeved if I were that guy, okay? I totally get that. But if you didn't actually like buy anything yourself to try to flip, especially take stealing a master case <laughs> that might be worth a quarter of a million, if not more dollars, come on, okay? This is like Danny Ocean level of like inside stealing, okay? Well, you got caught, so it isn't Danny Ocean level. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a certain like thing. Again, I'm not faulting for anyone that were able to get a bunch of cards at at this location it's a lot of the other surrounding stuff that was very bad and questionable like apparently the group of teenagers on bikes that mugged somebody outside that had these cards yeah and just think there's those little white boxes of promos or potentially master cases out there that you could potentially buy but i'm sure no one is uh i'm sure that's already been sold i'm sure that's long gone well, I'm I sure people are scared that... to sell that because that, you know, Pokemon would investigate that. Like, where'd you get that? You know? Well, that's why you'd have to crack it open. Yeah, crack it open, sell one like every week, and then you're golden. But mm-hmm. people are dumb. Yeah. Uh, sure. Trying to sell it outright like that, that's going to gain a lot of attention. People are going to see it. Yeah. Unless you do a private sale, like somehow, but even then, like most, only person that's going to be interested in buying something like that is a reseller. That's it. No yeah. collector is going to be interested in buying a master case or a case of that. Yep. Yep, it's wild. But we're already at an hour, and I'll have to wrap up here soon, but there's a few other things. Um,. That we wanted to touch on. I was going to share an experience I had with a eBay situation. Um, I can just put it out there real quick so people are just aware. But there's a shipping fraud thing that's kind of going around. If uh, you kind of see some low feedback sellers or kind of, you know, I'm sure those situations where it's like too good to be true. Um, I was brought to light to this shipping scam where people can apparently purchase um i'm sure illegally or some shady manners of tracking numbers um especially people in different countries where they're kind of out of the jurisdiction they might try pulling the scam but essentially you would buy an item and in the case i experienced they provided a shipping address that went to like spain and it said delivered I opened the case and they updated the case with a tracking number that said, you know, our hometown, even the same zip code. When I called UPS, the picture that they had of the package on the porch said it was 10 pounds, which was way off. 
and it was not even on my porch. Like it was someone else's package and called UPS. They confirmed like it was delivered correctly to the address on the package itself, but it was not my address that was on the package. So somehow they were able to find this package that was delivered to the same zip code and just update the tracking showing that to my item. So everything looks legit to eBay. It says delivered to UPS. You know, they did everything correct. It was delivered to the right address. But yeah, the the people from UPS said we can't share any information with you since it's not my package, even though that's the one he used for the eBay claim. You know, obviously everything's right on their end. He just somehow copied that tracking number and apparently there's quite a few stories on that going around and it's a thing so I just wanted to make sure people were aware of that um, and it's a it's honestly unfortunately a very good scam you know basically the only way around it is to contacting eBay or getting proof from the shipping company that it was not delivered to your address. Um, UPS wouldn't really work with me there. The lady I was talking to wasn't that helpful, so maybe someone else would have. But some people who had the same experience through FedEx said that FedEx will um, give you like a statement saying that this was not, you know, delivered to your address. But it's it's a pain in the ass to. Uh, I mean, that's pretty detailed, and the only way that's possible is if you have some way to hack into something, I would think, right? I don't know, or access to the database of, like, tracking numbers, like... Like, there, that's, like, because you have to be able to change that. Like... Well, you don't have to change it, like... You know, if... I could sell two items to you and your next-door neighbor and, like, put the same tracking on both... And as long as it doesn't say, like, the actual physical address on there, which they don't, like, on the tracking, then there's no way, you know, you'd be able to stop that. So, scammers will sell an item and then somehow find another item that was delivered to that zip code during the same time frame and then just copy to that. So, it's it's weird. So, how they find out those tracking numbers... I don't know. It's literally just like, you know, maybe they call around and see if there was another package delivered and what address it was delivered for somehow. But I would think I would think that be how it is. Like they call the post office or something and then they find, even though they don't know the name or anything, maybe someone leaks some information like, oh, yeah, it was delivered to this address. So I don't know. But. Or if they're a local person, they could just, like, check people's mail. <laughs> Say, oh, yeah, they got a package, so I'm going to I'm gonna look at that tracking number real quick. But I don't know. It sounds very detailed in how they're able to get through these ways. I mean, I just don't know. Yep. When I called eBay, you know, he made a point to mention, like, when I first called and then when I was dealing with the situation and got off the phone, he's like, I've seen you've been with us for 12 years, and we appreciate that, and we really want to get this taken care of. So it it kind of made me feel really good, but 
it made me think like what if someone is just starting out on eBay like because essentially eBay just said yeah sign this form saying that you're telling the truth and that you did not receive the package and then send it back to us and then we'll give you the refund then I'm assume they're gonna go after the guy to get their money back but they basically were saying like you know it's no worry for me but what if it made me think like did I get like some privileged treatment here? Like what if someone's just starting out on eBay and they have this, are they going to do the same thing for them? And, uh, kind of made me think that they wouldn't. So I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. Got to be careful out there. Yeah, absolutely. And I bought this item knowing like it was kind of too good of price and the guy didn't have any, like he had like one feedback. So I, I like, yeah, I went in, it's like, well, I'm I'm just sitting here with this cash trying to like make my next deal. Let's let's roll the dice. Like I knew this was going to be a problem, probably like 90% probably going to be fake when I got it. So I was already prepared. So Yep, I was I was just curious, rolled the dice, had to make a call and uh yeah, it just got me got me thinking. It's like, man, this would this would suck for someone who didn't know or wasn't expecting it. Absolutely. Um, the only other things I had, you know, with Lorcana, I think we touched on Lorcana quite a bit, but they're going to, they basically announced that they're going to have yearly tournaments, possibly like a Worlds type event. So I think we're going to be getting more details on that. Well, and, uh, I want to say we know that they're going to have their like North American and European tournament at the end of this year and like fourth quarter. So I expect they're wanting the worlds to be in the first quarter of 2025. Then that's their hope. I would assume they're going to have basically uh, set championships at local game stores. And that's where they're going to introduce place cards that we've, we've seen in Pokemon, like first, second, third, fourth place cards on a lot of different, cards and we're going to see that as a top prize be an enchanted rockstar stitch so that's going to i imagine with each set they're going to each have their own championship card and those are going to be those are going to have some value right like um i don't know how much but they're going to have inherent scarcity even then even yeah you know every regional game store every game store could technically have one so there could be thousands maybe ten thousand but it's still going to have scarcity and its value and especially the fact that it's a full art enchanted. Um, yeah. But that's pretty cool that they're doing with their cards. And I assume that's going to be the trend going forward, at least for this year. So the set championships plus a clear defined when they're going to have worlds is pretty cool to it. It's this sort of world tour gives them a next step of legitimacy, which we haven't seen as much with a lot of TCGs. Yeah, and the stitch card, it is. it does have the promo stamp on it. And it is labeled mm-hmm. as like P1 English 3. So it is the first promo of set 3. Um, I do kind of like how they're implementing all these promos by set. So like the D23 cards are like P1 English 1, P2 English 2, or English 1, and so on. So if you're collecting all the promos, you know, it starts with the D23 cards and hits basically every special promo card after that. Um it's got the two little intertwined triangle looking things as the promo symbol, but it also has the enchanted hollow symbol 
at the bottom. So yeah, pretty cool card. It will be worth quite a bit. A little more than, you know, the highest enchanted rares, I would think. So maybe it hits like a thousand bucks PSA 10. Yeah. Probably a little less, I would have to say, but just depends how many there are. But yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, in my Lorcana set binder, I do have some of the pretty much all the first promo cards aside from the D23 cards. So I don't know if I'd collect this or not, but. Yeah, the Goofy? The Goofy I'm missing. Um, and the, the, the Donald? I think the Donald I'm missing. Like Goofy and Donald. I think I have the other ones, so. So you have the Husketeer, um, Hickey, or whatever it's called? Yeah, I think I picked that one. I did not out. know that. I did not know that. They're they're fairly cheap now, raw. You know, yeah. I'm just collecting them raw, so. Yeah, not worth getting. The graded ones are a little more expensive. I might get get those eventually, but I'm kind of focused on m- myself on getting that Charizard first. So, like any outside of like twenty bucks here or there, anything like that's a hundred bucks, you know, or is it equaling that much could have gone towards a first edition Charizard. So that's kind of why I'm. It's just like the PSA nine Mario Pikachu Part Two, you know. Can't yeah. quite do stuff like that until I get this big gold done is kind of where I'm at. So I want to, but it's like, it ain't going anywhere. It's only going to get cheaper, you know, in my opinion. So. Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to touch on is uh, probably the most popular game right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Pal World. Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of people have talked about. Um, yeah. I haven't played it. I've watched a lot of gameplay. I'm just not into, like, I played some Lego Fortnite, which was very Minecraft-esque. And I couldn't really get into it because I'm, I'm just not really into, you know, the crafting gameplay right now. I'm sure I'll check it out eventually. But, uh, yeah, it's basically Ark plus Minecraft plus Pokemon. You can uh, capture these Pokemon. They can build things for you. They can upgrade your base. You can have them fight for you. You can uh, have them wield guns, and you can wield guns yourself. So, it's yeah, it's like a Minecraft Ark Pokemon with guns. Um, very yeah. interesting. The Pokemon designs are very similar to some of the designs they went with here. There was some speculation that all their designs have been AI generated with Pokemon influence. And, uh, I mean, yeah, you just look at the pictures, nearly every single creature, every single pal in pal world looks real similar to some type of Pokemon. Like enough similarity where there's a viable lawsuit, in my opinion. I know there was some folks like, trying to make comparisons i think with dragon quests in pokemon and they if you take the idea that they took an inspiration and with one both real life aspects and two with you know some random mythology here and there uh i think some similarities are going to be expected but like the dragon conquests and the um pokemon there's enough differences in my opinion that like there isn't really a lawsuit but when it comes to this sort of thing it's pretty it's pretty obvious. 
And it's not just like one or two. It's like yeah. literally every single creature in this game. The Lucario game. thing, the Luxray one, the Pikachu one. I mean, there's a Firefox, which is, I guess you can argue is Kyubi with the, but like that looks very similar to, to Vulpix. But like, again, that they take that inspiration from like Japanese mythology. Um, so they're you know, like but, even the color palettes. Like not only did they copy the designs, yeah, but yep. they basically made like a Zorark slash Delphox mush. Like they took a Zorark, Zorark and made them look more foxy, but then literally has the exact color palette that Zorark has. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, like couldn't have made them a different color, or they put like they made like a Meganium looking creature and put like it on top of its head yeah venusaur's flowers yeah. on top of his head and mm-hmm. it's the, the the exact same color palette of meganium and the exact same color palette of venusaur's flowers it's like all right <laughs> yeah it's gonna be pretty difficult there's definitely they're gonna lose that lawsuit in my opinion but it's gonna be drawn out um not before they get their money that's worth it <laughs> the 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 amount I mean, of attention this, they're getting. Yeah, at this point, they could fight whatever. They sold like 8 million copies now yeah, in the it's first gonna be, week. It's just added to the you know the cost of doing the game. Now, um, if they make, they probably won't be able to make a second one without doing some serious changes, but they can probably add on to this game where people can play it for a long time. Yeah. So, and they're going to just keep on like drawing it out, drawing it out. But I, there's enough of a case where I think they are going to lose. Now, I think what you have a lot of people are hyped about this because, one, there are things that you can never do in Pokemon, right? Like, there's some things that Game Freak would just ne- and Pokemon would just never allow in their games. So it does kind of allow that sort of long-desired, oh, let me do this and eat the Pokemon, <laughs> you yeah. know? Or that Dragonite uh, character, there's a picture with, like, rocket launchers on his back and the character yeah. is riding it. And you're like just shooting things, so I don't think that's coming <laughs> to Pokemon anytime. No, no. Or you're shooting a Pokemon with like guns and bullets, or like a bow and arrow, you know. Um, and then you're beating to death a Pokemon to eat with like an axe or something, or like a, a blunt object, you know. There's stuff like that they would never do in Pokemon. Now, there's other aspects where it's very different because it's more of like a survivalist game. And but there is like you do face bosses in general areas, so it is very Pokemon based. Now, I would I think people wouldn't have as much fervor towards this game if Pokemon listened to the fans when it comes to making the games, which they haven't now for over a decade. So if anything, this hopefully lights a fire under Pokemon's ass and makes them start creating a game that fans are going to want to play more. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think this is going to be something we talk about in the future. Just kind of see what developments are out there. Mm-hmm. Pokemon has made a statement that they are looking into it, basically. Oh, yeah. Up. Our legal team's on it. Our legal team's already drafting a lawsuit as we speak. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, they're they're listening to some extent. Um and maybe they, uh, I mean, it looks more like Legends Arceus type gameplay than it does yeah. the normal line of Pokemon games. But Legends Arceus was one of the the best games they've made in a long time. So mm-hmm. they, they actually took a risk and changed things up. 
So it obviously will work. Like, even if it's not spectacular, like, just change things up. Like, you know, if you're not going to change things up, then, you know, get with the times and upgrade the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we'll talk about what happens in the future. But, uh, yeah, my... uh, I was going to say my question for this episode was going to be like, what do you think Pokemon's reaction would be? But then I did see the, uh, that they're taking some sort of action and, uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think we'll see Pokemon really step up their games anytime in the next year or two, but I think maybe they're thinking about it, hopefully acting on it. But, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got for this episode though. There was something I think on Pokey Beach that updated while we were talking that apparently, oh, really? uh, apparently Pokemon Day 2024 will be Tuesday, February 2017th for an event, and there will be the Pokemon Company International will provide promotional merchandise for leagues to give out to fans, including Pokemon Center figures, Go TCG items, stamped promo cards that were never previously released, and new promo dice sets. So, little special LGS League event going on for Pokemon Day. So, I'm sure we'll get pictures yeah, of those be, products. I bet they probably will. I wouldn't be surprised if they announce a game like Arceus for this year. Yeah. Legends Celebi, go back to Johto. Or something like uh, that. Like I could see them doing something. Um I mean it makes sense, right? They got the add on for the game coming out, I think here. Or did it already come out? What what game? The um the add on that they had that that you can buy. I don't know if it's cut. Yeah, I think all the DLC, there's two DLCs now. I think they're both out. That wasn't that was something interesting. I was gonna say Pokemon has been running ads on streams of Power World for their DLC. So that was another thing I was gonna mention. It's kinda of funny, but they're uh they're kinda like, Hey, here's the game this game is trying to imitate. <laughs> so it was kinda of funny yeah. that they purchased ads on Pal World. But yeah, this is the first Pokemon Day news that we're seeing. I'm sure we'll be talking about this a lot in the next mm-hmm. episode or two because it's only about a month away. So yeah, it's really not that far. And obviously, you know, we, that's going to be the next big news that we get. I mean, there's going to be we're, our episode. It's going to be under, or it's going to be over that entire thing. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I say let's end it there. Um, for, yeah, just a random topic episode. We did pretty well for time. We had a lot to talk about, but, uh, yeah, anything you wanted to end on? No. I think we're good. I think uh, we went into detail about everything. There's a few things we miss, but it's probably enough for some topics. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really like episodes like this where we just kind of talk about what's happening. And uh, once we get like four or five things to talk about, I mean, that pretty much covers an hour. So. Yeah, we had enough stuff to where there's enough news that it just made sense to just kind of do an episode on the entire thing like that. And then potentially next week we'll have a a topic. And then after that, we'll see what happens. Yep. 
But anyway, guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.